Lord, that you've, um, you've brought us here to, to fellowship together and, and sing together and just be brothers and sisters in Christ together. But Lord, most of all, that we've come to worship you. And so Lord, we just pray that tonight that that's what this is about, is, is that we truly worship you and we, uh, we all have a, a testimony to, to share and what we were before Christ and after. So Lord, we just pray that we think about that this evening, what it means that uh, what our lives were without you and now what they are now and uh, what you've done to save us, Lord. So we're so thankful for that this evening. And Lord, we, uh, we think about these on the prayer list. Um, Lord, we just pray for the ones that have been in the hospital who are, who are recovering now. We just pray that you would be with them and, and just to give them a sense of peace. Um, let the doctors and nurses and whoever they're surrounded by um, just, have a, just have your hands upon them. And Lord, just uh, comfort them with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray for our shut-ins. We pray for the ones that, uh, that are not able to leave their home now. But we just pray that you would send your Holy Spirit to comfort them as well. And Lord, we, uh, we mentioned Jake this evening. So Lord, we just pray for all of our military. Um, not only just ours here in Starnes Cove that tie back here. But Lord, throughout the country and the world, Lord, that keep us uh, safe. And most of all, free so that we can be here tonight worshiping you. And so we thank you for all of our ministries that go on here at Starnes Cove. We just pray that, that uh, your blessing to be upon it. And Lord, that uh, everything that we do would not be for us or shine a light on us. But Lord, it'd be a light uh, shining for you, Lord. And that it would draw people uh, from the community um, to, to this church so that they could worship you and learn about you as well. And so Lord, tonight as we, uh, we have William coming to speak, we just pray that, that uh, you just fill him with your Holy Spirit. Lord, and just uh, have him speak to us, and Lord, help us to be attentive. Help our ears to be open, our hearts to be open to what he has to say. And Lord, uh, help us to apply that to our lives as we leave here. So we just ask a special blessing on William this evening. We ask you to go with us and guide us and forgive us for our sins. In Christ's name, amen. Good evening. I want to thank you first for the uh, privilege to share with you. Um, I um, know that, as I mentioned on Sunday, that uh, like the message Sunday tonight and, and this coming Sunday, that uh, the backdrop of all this is a decision uh, that you have to make, and I'm praying for you and your uh, decision ahead of you on Sunday that God gives you some uh, clarity wisdom and guidance through these times of sharing together, worshiping together, and praying together. You know, tonight, I, um, my, my goal is to kind of give you some uh, kind of idea of where I've been, Sheila and I have been since the last time we were with you, uh, serving with you and being members here, uh, but also through that to kind of give you a little bit of information about the things that God has shown me and taught me through that time away from Starnes Cove. And so my hope is that uh, you yourself are encouraged in your faith and your walk with God as you hear a little bit about my story. Um, as Brent noted, this testimony isn't going to go all the way back to the start because most of you witnessed that in real time. So you don't need to hear that story because you saw it yourself. Uh, we're just talking a little bit tonight about uh, what's, what's been going on since the last time we were here with you. As you recall, uh, we... Um, left Starnes Cove in July 2020 uh, after serving here for 
about 11 and a half years uh, as your youth director and then eventually your so associate pastor. Um, and we went to Bent Creek Baptist, and that's where uh, I became the lead pastor. And when we got there, because of COVID, uh, as we experienced here at Storms COVID and before I left, Bent Creek uh, was still pretty modified in their kind of regular operations. Um, we were meeting outside on Sunday mornings. Our children's ministry wasn't happening, and so we didn't really have any other extra events. That was pretty much all that was going on. And so for the first six months or so, we really just focused our attention on getting things going again and moving again, kind of in a normal direction. And at Bent Creek, we had a group of elders, which is a little bit different leadership system than we do at Starnes Cove. Basically, there were seven of us who were all pastors in the biblical sense of the word. And my role was to kind of set a vision for the church. So uh, to kind of work with the elders to set a direction as to where the church was going, and then we would work together as a team to kind of figure out the particulars of how to execute that vision along with our staff committees and others. And so really those first six months, we just worked to get things open again. We were trying to kind of get services back inside, get our program started again, and work on building relationships. Um, you know, that's one of the best hopes of a pastor when they go into a church is to get connected with people, to kind of understand the people, understand the culture. We've got a little bit of an advantage this time, uh, a little bit different because I've been with you and you've been with me and so we know each other well, but still is a, is a good hope even here to continue to deepen those relationships. So that's what we did there. Um, had a lot of individual times in those first six months to kind of get an understanding of where people saw that the church was. So I wasn't just meeting individually with other elders. I wasn't just meeting with staff people, but I sought to connect with all kinds of people across the spectrum of the church to kind of understand not just where the leader saw the church was, but where everybody did. So as we began to put together a plan, we kind of had a perspective on people's hearts about the condition of the church and what things were needed. God was really gracious uh, to to us, to me and Sheila and the church during this time and really helped to identify a, a clearer direction as to what we needed to do for the church. Proverbs 4.25 says, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. And that's what we tried to do. We really tried to hone in on what is it that God wants accomplished in this church and how do we do that? And how do we also not get caught up in all kinds of other things that might draw our attention away from reaching that mission to ultimately make disciples? And so we talked through that, prayed through that, and try to really draw our attention to that. And after we got things kind of running back to normal, our programs sort of back to normal, we had a number of different projects we worked together on with our elders, our staff, committees. I had an administrative pastor who served with me. And at Bent Creek, before I got there, there had, there had not been a pastor for about two years. So the church had been in a kind of a holding pattern. And then COVID came, and that continued that holding pattern for a little while beyond those two years. And so a number of things needed refreshing, a number of things needed attention. To give you some perspective on kind of the things we were working on that were out in the public's view, we had to hire a children's director, we had a preschool there, so we were trying to figure out how to work more cooperatively between the preschool and the church. 
made some cosmetic changes to our sanctuary, updated our signage, put together a Sunday school class for college age people. And so we were working through many things like that. Behind the scenes, we had a lot of um, policies that worked to paper. So we had all kinds of things that we did, but we really didn't have any guidance document-wise to help us. We worked on that. Uh, we were working on training for our staff and volunteers, like ongoing training to help them to refine their skills and, and, other, and other things like that. And so through all that, we tried again to keep our focus on the goal, to keep our focus on what it was we were trying to accomplish in the church. But we also did that with a hope of continuing to get feedback and guidance from the church. You know, Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. And so what we tried to keep in mind, even, even then, was that we didn't need to just barrel through with things that seven guys in a room thought were a good idea. But we needed to seek to understand where the church was even further, seek input, seek feedback, and work together to accomplish God's goal. And so God would teach more about that over time. That's really part of the heart of what I want to share with you tonight. But even then, we were seeking to do that in our work. And so after a year or so, and following meetings with people in the church, the elders and others in leadership, we drew together what we called a vision strategy. And it was kind of a, a document that was going to help us to execute the plans that we sought to bring about in the life of the church. We had kind of gotten past the initial stages of the complications of COVID, got things running again. And we were sort of trying to map out where do we go from here for the long-term health of the church. And so we put this vision strategy together worked on it together for months, prayed through it, presented it to the church, and we had support all around in the church with this vision strategy. And then as we began to act on it, slowly and intentionally, we got some of it accomplished. We were able to see some of the things come to fruition. But over time, as we acted on it, we would occasionally run into some different views, even on our elder board, as to what to do and when to do it. Initially, it was small parts of the plan, but over time, it became clear that while we all supported the plan, we're all behind the plan, this vision strategy, the elder board was really divided on how to act in the various parts of the plan. We had kind of a split in the middle of our board. So we sort of put on pause the plan to try to work together to figure out how we could cooperatively move forward. We met very frequently over the course of four months to work together to try to, to bridge the gap and what we thought needed to be accomplished in the church, discussing and praying. And we really just discovered in our challenges that these weren't just about small things that needed to be changed in the church, but we had a fundamental, fundamental difference of perspective on the board as to how the church needed to move forward and what way the church needed to be led. And so after we met weekly, talked, consulted for, with folks from the outside, prayed together, it became pretty clear we weren't going to be able to find a solution that could move us forward in a way that was cooperative and best for the church. Jesus says in Luke eleven seventeen that a divided household falls. And because the board was split, Sheila and I believed it was right for us to move on after much prayer and counsel because ultimately the church is bigger than one man. It's bigger than the pastor it's bigger than one committee, it's bigger than one group of influence, and we wanted and want uh, Bent Creek to be able to move forward in the mission God has for her. But again, this was 
ultimately it's simply a difference in vision for the for the board itself meaning we left with good relationships and goodwill uh, we've I've actually been back a few times since then and I'm still keeping in contact with many of the leaders there, supporting them and praying for them. In the time since then, I really desire to f- desired and still desire to focus my attention on prayer and the study of God's word. Anytime there's been a transition in my life, I, I really want to seek to understand what can God teach me about this transition and how can he use it to prepare me for what's next in my life. And that's really always kind of been even as a teenager, that's really always kind of been the perspective I've tried to have when I've had a transition come up in my life. And I could share many things that God has revealed to me in this uh, period of time, but I'll summarize it with this, these verses, 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. They say this, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, play the man, be strong, let all you do be done in love. And what this verse says is what God really made clear to me during our time at Bent Creek and since that time, that first, God desires for us to accomplish something in the church. We are to be watchful. We are to stand firm. We are to be strong. Ultimately, to reach a goal together We need to use the Bible through the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, apply it to the circumstances we find ourselves in wherever we are as a church. And that requires clear mindfulness. Sometimes it requires sacrifice, sometimes tough decisions, and it requires decisiveness, making a decision and moving it forward. And, and, It requires what verse 14 says, that this all be done in love. And in the church, love is much more than saying you love others in the church. We can do that pretty simply and pretty easily. That's that's not what love in the church is ultimately about, although we should say that too. It means respecting the views of others in the church, assuming the best of motives, of people in the church, why they're doing what they're doing. It means being humble enough to understand we haven't and won't experience everything in life, so our view is not complete on its own, that we need one another under the word of God to collaborate together for where the church needs to go, and that both of these things are God's will for the church, purpose for the church, here on earth at least, that we use the word and wisdom from God's spirit to set a direction and to follow it with discipline and intentionality, and that we set that direction together in humility, seeing others as equal to us, and in love, not waiting on someone to reach out to us, but reaching out to them. Each of these things is critical, necessary for the church to move forward, equal in value, and each of these things are what God has impressed upon my heart in this season that I've been apart from you. And so after searching for church work, these months in between, a number of opportunities opened up. Sheila and I had a a number of churches who we were reaching the end of their search process with across the state. However, in prayer and counsel, none of them seemed quite right 
not exactly what it was we felt God was calling us to. And so we continued to pray, search, and then this opportunity opened up. And I know your deacon shared with you last Wednesday a little bit about how, about how this has been drawn together, so I won't elaborate on that, but I will share this. When I heard Starnes Cove was in need, my first reaction was, how can I help? That was the very first thing that came to my mind and my heart. I originally reached out to share that I would be willing to do pulpit supply preaching or even interim work if that made sense for the church. And, of course, things developed to where we are now. Sheila and I love Starnes Cove, and this is our home, will always be our home. She began attending since birth, and I was about five years old when I got here. So together, our history here is decades long, and we are product, products ourselves of this place. And if we can be of help, especially during this time, and based on where I am as a man and a pastor, if those things can come together and help, then we want to and believe God has drawn us together for this purpose and this time. When I think about Starnes Cove and where I believe that God is leading this is what I see. We have wonderful opportunities for outreach here. Since Sheila and I have left, this community has continued to grow, and the fields are ripe for harvest. And God's desire has been, is, and will remain that you and I go into these fields to bring people a knowledge of the gospel and equip people for the service of God's kingdom. Likewise, we are in a unique community here, made up of those who grew up with more traditional approaches to church, as well as those who have had contemporary approaches to church life, which are both biblical, and God is honored in both. And because of that, we have a special opportunity to reach and disciple both groups of people to help meet their needs unto the call of God. We have a good long history here at Starnes Cove of discipling people through things like Sunday school, prayer meetings, Bible studies. And we finally, I'll say this, we have a chance to do all this together. I've been blessed in these few weeks of conversation, even before that, just hearing about things that are going on at Storms Cove, I've been blessed to see a mix of leaders all across the church in different positions on different committees, some new faces, some old faces, not necessarily an age, but that too. And I believe that's exactly what God intends, for every person to have a voice in our process and for a diversification of people contributing to the work. Not just the most vocal, or not just those we would call leaders, and I'm seeing that here, and I praise God for that. I'll share more about this on Sunday, but we are a body, God's word says. All equal in value, and each gift equally needed and each voice having something to contribute. 
God's will is in the mission, the goal that we outline for what it is that we need to accomplish at Starnes Cove, and God's will is in the collaboration of this body together working to accomplish that person. And we have a chance to put that on display together for God's glory and for the advance of his kingdom. And so for me, that's a little of my heart for Starnes Cove when I look at what can be accomplished here and what is already being manifested. And as I shared with the deacons, I believe in order for those things to be accomplished and for that promise and hope to be realized at Starnes Cove, I believe that it's a long-term work. So if I become your pastor, Sheila and I will desire and work to see this work through to the long haul. And as I shared that with your deacons, I also shared this. That has to be the heart of everyone. Meaning if Sunday you vote for me to become your pastor, for Sheila and I to join you here, I hope to be able to see that vote not just as a yes for this moment that we're in right now, but as a commitment. Having a little worship session back there. This was the crescendo of the speech. We've <laughs> a commitment from Sheila and I that we will do all we can to see God's will done here, to grow us in the places that we need to as a church family. But I hope it's a commitment from you. Whether you're a leader or someone who is just here from time to time, a commitment that says, I'm committing to work with our pastor and our leaders and our church family to see this work through. Because there will be great joy and success that we will experience together, but there will also sometimes be challenges and disappointments. But I fully believe, because of the same Savior and the same Spirit that unites us, that we can make it through and accomplish this work together if we will commit to Christ and commit to his church here at Starnes Cove. Our God in 1 Peter 3, 8 through 9 says this to you and I about our individual relationship with the church. So hear God's heart tonight for your relationship with this church. Finally, all of you be like-minded and sympathetic. Love one another and be compassionate and humble, not paying back evil for evil or insult for insult, but on the contrary, you give a blessing to each other since you were called for this. And my hope is that if you vote yes on Sunday, that is you saying, I'm committed to God's work with Pastor William in that way and with that spirit. Because I want you to know that's my commitment to you. I want to thank you again for allowing me to share with you tonight. I'm going to turn our meeting back over to Brent, and I look forward to receiving whatever questions you may have. Please send those. And I'm excited to worship with you again on Sunday. Thank you. Thank you, William. Thank you for uh, that message and that testimony. It's always encouraging to hear someone's testimony, but it's also encouraging to hear your commitment to us as well as uh, our commitment to you. But more, moreover, 
the partnership we have as a church and a pastor and our commitment to Christ and making that commitment to serve this community and outreach this community. So encouraged by that, and I thank you for being here tonight. and looking forward to Sunday morning. So with that, um, I want to remind you to be here Sunday morning, um, and then uh, I guess we'll pray, and we'll be excused. Uh, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Well, Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, for this evening. Thank you, Lord, for, uh, for William and Sheila. And, Lord, we thank you that... Um, that not everyone, you, you put that calling to be a pastor and to, to serve in the capacity that a pastor does. And so, Lord, we are so grateful that you have called William to be a pastor. And, Lord, we just pray that a special blessing on him, Lord, as they, as they seek to serve you. And, Lord, that um, if he has the opportunity to serve here at Starnes Cove, that, Lord, he keeps his eyes on Christ and your vision and finding the lost and bringing them here while serving here and helping us to become one body, um, doing, working towards that same mission of, of uh, harvesting that field of, uh, of people out there that need you. And so, Lord, we just pray a special blessing on, on William as well as our church, that, Lord, that we would be that, uh, that uh, lighthouse in this community. And so, Lord, as we, uh, we leave here this evening, we just pray that um, from now until Sunday, you keep this on the forefront of our mind, Lord, and our hearts. And then whenever we have an opportunity, Lord, that you would remind us to pray. And, Lord, that we be seeking your will in this decision, Lord. So, Lord, we just ask that we go here tonight. You, you keep us safe. Bring us back Sunday morning with a, a renewed spirit. And, Lord, most of all, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would be here Sunday morning and move each and every one of us and uh, just be a part of our service. We ask that you uh, go with us and guide us. Keep us safe and forgive us of our sins. In Christ's name, amen.